Life Audio. Hello. Thank you for listening to Your Daily Bible Verse, the podcast that examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery, and after this short word from our sponsor, we'll dive into today's Bible verse, Genesis 13, 3. Did you know that the Salvation Army not only provides services to those in need, but we also produce a network of Christian podcasts you can listen to on your favorite podcast store? One of these shows, Words of Life, is a 15-minute weekly show featuring interviews, testimonies, Bible studies, and more. In April, we'll once again hear from author and pastor Natalie Runyon. She has created a new six-week discipleship course for women to talk about community, women in leadership, accountability, and more. We want discipleship to be what's drawing people, not bounce houses. They're more likely to come back and not just to be entertained. Even in me, you know, making him have to pry it from my hands, he was still saying, but I have something better. It was because of the redeemed saying so, of telling the story of what God had done. When we point people to him, they're going to want to know him. Listen to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit wordsoflifepodcast.org. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Today's Bible verse is Genesis 13.3. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and I, where his tent had been earlier. The verse that follows states, and where he had first built an altar. There, Abram called on the name of the Lord. When I mess up, I'm tempted to slip towards one of two falsehoods. Thinking or acting as if my moments of sin or failure are greater than God's redeeming and restorative grace, or I can think because I've been fully forgiven and lavished with grace upon confession, God will instantly turn the wreckage my sinner behavior caused into something beautiful. I've learned, however, although I experience mercy and soul-deep cleansing the moment I acknowledge and turn from my sin, and every time I do so, undoing the damage left often takes time. Today's verse reminds me of this truth. But it also assures me that I never have to remain stuck in my mess. I can and I must begin again, returning to then steadily walking upon the life-giving path God illuminates before me. If you're familiar with biblical history, you might be familiar with the life of Abram, later called Abraham. My team, Holy Love, created a series of episodes covering his life on the Faith Over Fear podcast found on lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content. If you haven't listened to that series, I encourage you to do so. When we first encounter Abram in Genesis chapter 11, he's 75 years old. He and his wife are childless, and they're living in an ancient city called Ur, which was most likely located somewhere in modern-day Iraq. 
This was a highly populated, sophisticated, and sinful city with inhabitants who worshipped false gods, in essence, deceiving demons. But then one day, God presented Abram with a major life redirect, and he told him to leave his land and his people and to go to an undisclosed location, promising him a series of blessings. Abram obeyed, seemingly without question or hesitation. Now, at this point, Scripture provides no indication of his present relationship with God or how well he knew his Creator. We also don't know what type of blessing Abram might have conjured in his mind. God's promise in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3 was a bit vague. Regardless, Abram went, first traveling with his father and their clan some 600 miles to Haran, where they remained until his father's death before traveling another 400 or so miles to the land of Canaan. Once he arrived, he encountered two significant challenges. First, the land was already occupied by Canaanites, and second, he found himself in the middle of a famine that had to be terrifying and discouraging and probably confusing. Did he feel abandoned, bamboozled? Did he maybe doubt God's promise and ability to fulfill it? How might you have felt if, say, God told you to move across the country, promising blessings, and the area when you got there was in the middle of a recession, no one was hiring, and you couldn't afford the current rental or housing prices? Would you turn to God for guidance? and aid? And would you wait there in the land of recession for him to speak? Or would you turn to yourself, to your wisdom and ability to come up with some sort of a solution? As we don't see any indication of Abram turning to God in this portion of scripture, it seems he chose the latter and traveled with his family to the more fertile, drought-protected land of Egypt. Then, once they arrived, he once again allowed his fears to drive him. Fearing the men in Egypt would kill him to get to his wife, he told her to lie and say that she was his sister, and she did. As a result, she was taken into the Pharaoh's palace. But God intervened. He rescued Sarai, his wife, and the Pharaoh kicked them both out of the land. We don't know if Abram valued Sarai enough to feel badly about his sin for her sake, but he knew that God wasn't pleased. At this point, Abram could have avoided God in shame. Instead, Scripture says he traveled in stages until he returned to the place he'd last encountered God. Today's verse tells us that he traveled from place to place, or as the Christian Standard Bible phrases it, in stages. It took him time and perseverance to reach his previous location. It'll probably take us time to get back to our pre-sin location as well, to climb out of the debt accrued after we angrily stormed off the job. To rebuild the relational trust we destroyed through an affair or addiction-related behaviors or maybe patterns of dysfunction. To unlearn faulty and self-destructive ways of thinking and doing things. Or to fully yank out a root of bitterness we fed and watered for much too long. But we can gain encouragement in knowing with each step we are moving away from sin, away from spiritual slavery and dysfunction, and towards increased healing wholeness, and the vibrant life God wants for us. Notice also the verse following today's tells us that Abraham returned to the place where he previously built an altar. Throughout scripture, altars have served as symbols and reminders of where an individual encountered God. Therefore, Abraham was returning to God, to where he had encountered God, to a place of worship, of yielding, and of intimacy with the very one he had most sinned against. And finally, Scripture tells us that Abram called on the Lord. 
This is a euphemism that means to worship and trust in God. When we sin, and we will, shame might motivate us to do the opposite, to hide or withdraw from God. But in his love and mercy, he desires that we turn to him for forgiveness, for healing, for transformation, for full relational restoration, if that's what's needed. That is how we break the bondage of sin and shame and gain the insight and strength to live in a way God desires, and then to keep stepping, following however and whenever he leads, knowing that he will always, always, always lead us towards his very best. But in his love and mercy, he desires that we turn to him for forgiveness, for for guidance, for healing. That is how we break the bondage of sin and shame and gain the insight and strength to live in a way God desires, and then to keep stepping, following however and whenever he leads, knowing that he will always, always lead us towards his very best. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you that we can always return to you. You are always right there. You will never turn us away. And you are a God of love, of compassion, of mercy, and grace. You are long-suffering. You do not treat us as our sins deserve. Instead, you shower your grace upon us, and you give us the strength and the desire to live differently. Lord, may we turn to you when we're afraid so that you can give us guidance and we won't create a series of messes. And when we mess up, may we turn to you for forgiveness, for guidance in how to clean the mess up and for restoration of our intimacy with you and for guidance into how we can restore relationships with others if that's what's needed. Help us to trust you in those moments. Help us to trust your love. Help us to experience your love in the depths of our soul. And keep us on that good and right path that you have marked out for us. A path that leads to healing, to wholeness, to freedom, to grace, to joy, and to peace. And and most importantly, to greater intimacy with you. We love you and we praise you. And it is in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Your Daily Bible Verse is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.